You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to this week's second episode of Fly on the Call. If you missed it, definitely go back and check out Tuesday's conversation with Still Hungry on one of my favorite albums of the year so far. If there's one band to connect Still Hungry with today's guest, it'd probably be Wild Pink. All three bands, Still Hungry, Wild Pink, and Toledo, have a way of crafting lush and soothing sounds that transport the listener to another place. With Toledo, this is a skill that has been expanded with each release, to best effect on their recent Jockeys of Love EP. In many ways, that release is a snapshot, created in isolation at the start of the pandemic while the duo were transported from New York City back to a parent's attic. While they have been in the process of recording an album, the events of 2020 threw that all out of whack, but allowed for them to write and record Jockeys of Love as an exercise in following your musical instincts. Stay tuned to hear all about it. to start off by hearing a little bit more about your origin story like i know you met when you were like 10 or 11 while you were kind of each busking individually and i yeah i would love to hear more about that dan got bit by a radioactive spider yeah i got bit by a radioactive spider and jordan got my hit. parents were killed in an alley oh my God. what gamma radiation i want to be a dc character <laughs> uh for the zack snyder for the zack snyder cut uh we essentially yeah, we met when we were 10 or 11. I don't know which one it is, but let's say 11. It gets a, it gets younger every time we say the story. <laughs> um, and we had this friend, Ben, who uh, we both played music with separately. And he brought us downtown in our hometown of Newburyport and was like, you guys should meet each other because we used to busk downtown all the time. Um, and that's essentially how we met. And then we kind of like, from there, we just started... We started writing together because yeah. at that point I had only, I hadn't, I had just been playing like rock and roll covers and Dan had already kind of started writing and then we started writing music together and we just hopped on GarageBand pretty much immediately and started recording together when we were like in like late middle school, early high school, and then just like kept doing that. But we didn't release anything until Never. we had already graduated college. Yeah, which is kind of crazy, but we, I mean, essentially recording and performing and writing together has always been kind of like the trio of what we've been doing versus just being like, oh, we only write songs together and then we just started recording recently. Uh, it's kind of about what we've always been doing, but now we're trying to get it into a more professional setting, I guess, make it more tangible. And what was it that kind of like made you want to make that that transition? Um, well, you went to school for music. 
Yeah, I went to school for music and was planning. You studied engineering for a bit. Yeah, I studied engineering and did some production stuff. And my game plan was that I was going to leave school and be some producer or something like that or work in a studio. And then Jordan and I, Jordan was doing theater yeah, in so school. I was, I was performing. He was performing. <laughs> but yeah, so for the performing side was always there. Yeah. So we essentially. We I guess, tried a bunch of, we tried. The first thing that we did post, like when I was, we, we were still in college, but in separate states and stuff, we tried going to like a formal studio for a week. When and did we do that? We went to Wellspring. Oh, you're right. To, that was before we released anything and tried to be like a, you know, what most bands probably do and just like record in a studio with an engineer and stuff, but it didn't feel right to us. So we eventually were like, let's just go to dance family, friends, cabin a la bonnie bear and just like bring some uh, shitty drum kit and like try and record some stuff and we had so much fun doing that and liked the process and liked the product that we were kind of like let's just only do from now on and that's what we've been doing yeah so now we just do everything ourselves we're still trying to like you know always trying to make it up the ante but you know we were even like recently looking at studios for recording some of the next stuff and we're questioning whether or not we want to be like doing a studio or doing a cabin, or maybe we could do a studio and we tell the people that own the studio to leave. And then it's just us in the studio or something. So yeah. we get more toys to play with. And so we've been playing with all these kind of ideas, but yeah, that's essentially how it started. We didn't really think about, I mean, I think we like it to feel like we're still in middle school, like on garage band. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the idea. Behind it really the whole thing. And it's, it's some of the rituals carry over where it's like, okay. And then we have to like, make cookies at night <laughs> yeah all the time just it's more like alcohol now. more yeah at there's more like, alcohol at least it's legal now yeah it's legal for us to be doing it but then it was literally like the same we ate the same like the shit same all the time we <laughs> yeah. make like prosciutto and provolone sandwiches and a glass of coke and that like shitty um whiskey sour mix you remember that yeah um and since then yeah i mean that's how we recorded everything with the jockey ZP, it was a little different because we were just in my mom's attic, but it was the same idea in the sense that we were kind of isolated up there a bit, but we didn't even think any of this stuff was going to be released. So yeah, I was surprised that it did. And it's good that it did. <laughs> we're glad. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I feel like just from talking to you guys for like the five minutes that we have so far, um, it totally makes sense that in a lot of like your press stuff, it's like, you know, talking about like melding your minds together essentially um can you talk a little bit like more about that relationship that you two have well we live together um currently currently and and have the past like i guess collectively three years and then when we were in college we were always like talking and sharing music and we're just like friends normally too so we just spend so much time together that it's like Sometimes it'll, I'll be like telling a joke and I'll be like, why am I using like Dan's voice right now? It gets like weird like that. Yeah, we're getting we're getting to a point now where like I'm this is what I've always kind of said is that with the way that we communicate about emotional things is through our songwriting to each other. And so like it's easy for us to since we've been together essentially pretty other than college, but even in college, we were like visiting each other all the time since we've been together pretty nonstop for the past like 15 years. Um it's we've just kind of like watched each other grow through different things and have different experiences. So when some of these ideas are coming out in songs, it's easy for us to kind of interpret and understand 
what the other person is feeling and be able to kind of interpret it ourselves in a, a musical way. And I think that's one of the things that we cherish a lot about Toledo. And I think our initial goal was that the idea of Toledo would not be like, you've got Dan and you've got Jordan, but it would be like, you've got Toledo. And it's like one idea that's kind of been blended together. Right. So it, it yeah. helps us keep, it helps us move like really fast, even just yesterday. And this is, has nothing to do with them and only to do with us, but that we were playing with other people and I can feel myself being like, Oh, it's frustrating. Cause like Dan and I don't, we're past the point of having to even like talk about what, what we want to happen <laughs> in, in a musical moment. Like, and we'll just like hit the same thing on the exact same beat. Like, so I think it's like, we have to, like learn how to work with others because we're so used to just <laughs> with each other but that's something that's really exciting it's like i feel like a lot of the times jordan and i like have a vision for a song in our head and then when we like see out the vision we end up realizing that the visions were exactly the same and you know when we come up with melodies and parts for songs and stuff it's essentially just stuff that's both existing in our heads already that just kind of comes out and gets fortified even more when we both think of it but there's, I mean, there's those rare occasions where like, you know, Jordan will bring an idea to the table that I didn't expect, or I'll bring an idea to the table that Jordan didn't expect, but then it kind of all makes sense. And that's something well, those are cool. I, I think that's like, I like when you show me something and I'm like, oh, I didn't like, I, I never would have thought of that. Right. But yeah, that's the kind of, that's the, that's the most fun part about it is just kind of like, as we're growing and like, you know, like our lives are adapting and we're dealing with different things and having different experiences, we're like opening the doors to all these new musical identities that we could pursue. And that's really exciting and playing with genres and stuff. And I think that's a big part of the way we communicate is a lot of the times I feel like when we're doing music, we're like making fun of ourselves when we're doing it, yeah, which is fun. Like with some songs on the EP, we're kind of just making fun of ourselves, trying to do certain genres and then it ends up being something that performs really well. And that's something that's really cool. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I guess kind of like that, I think that's really special for the creation side of things. And I'm curious how, do you have a similar kind of synergy when it comes to like how you present the band? I get, I mean, kind of, we, we play like an odd couple thing. I think the way we present the band where it's like, I play like a weirder character and you play a more reserved character and then that flips around and, Right. It's probably just an exaggerated version of like what's happening in real life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, we haven't, we've played a lot of live shows in different capacities and stuff like that, but we, we've yet to. We haven't had a like public outing. Yeah. We haven't really had a public outing yet. <laughs> Cause because... we were, we were, we moved to, to New York in 20, like 18, I think. Yeah. We moved to New York in 2018 and then we played shows like, every week pretty much but that was like the first time anyone even like knew what a toledo was and that's the first time we were playing shows together right right so that that was like how do we like breathe on stage not like how do we present ourselves and then the next year we were so focused on recording that we didn't play very much and then the pandemic happened so we haven't really had our like we haven't really gotten to do like a tour yet and stuff so we we're just like chomping at the bit to start doing shit like that. Yeah. Cause there's, I mean, there's a whole other element that we want to be able to play with, with that. I mean, there's us in the studio, which is a whole other world. And then we kind of want to discover what the world looks like with us playing live as a band and with the, just the two of us or with other people involved and stuff, hopefully with other people involved, right. if we can learn to play nice. Right. But we want to find ways to like bring like 
facets of our personality performance. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the stuff that we've been brainstorming recently and playing with, which is really fun. Yeah. It seems like you've really kind of like grown a lot, both in the, in your writing and like based on the, your fan base over the pandemic. And so I'm curious, like, is it kind of frustrating to like have that growth uh, in some ways, but not be able to expand, you know, outside of your, your literal physical space? I mean, it's weird because it's not tangible at all. Like the thing is, it's like, you know, we've grown a lot on you know, Spotify and Apple Music and things like that. Even Instagram a little bit, but um, like we could go play a show and there could be no one there. Yeah, there could be no one there. I would be that's the weird thing with with the like streaming services and stuff. Uh, so it's like we can't we can't do the like grassroots marketing that we used to do, which would be like play shows and talk to people after. Right. So it's kind of weird to have that. Like we, I I feel like nothing has changed essentially since we're still pretty quarantined and in this basement right now and that's where we've essentially been for the past i don't know since august um so it kind of doesn't feel like the world out there really knows toledo even if some of them do and i think it's gonna be really fun once we start to be able to open the doors to like touring and things like that to hopefully learn that there are some people out there that we can find that are already fans that we don't need to convert into fans or some people that we can convert into fans or some people that might absolutely hate it and right. not want to be fans. The thing that was cool about doing something or releasing during quarantine is there was like kind of a win-win or a lose-lose, however you want to look at it. Cause it was like, we could put it out and nothing would happen. And like no one listened to it and we'd be in the same place, maybe some money in the can, but like the fact that there's been a bit of like positive reaction is just only good news for us yeah i mean it's and it's like we at least like i think we feel happy to be like oh we have like a tangible representation of the past year which a lot have because like it we, we have a lot of friends that do different kinds of art like a lot of stage actors and stuff that like they don't get to do shit <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's yeah <laughs> so hard to watch and i'm sure like so we're we're lucky to be able to create yeah, I mean, we're lucky that the music industry has like all these avenues, you know, that it has like a digital world and it has a physical world and it has all these things. So I don't know. I just I feel we feel pretty strongly about the digital world. But I mean, I feel like that means nothing until we feel strongly about the physical world, too, you know, for sure. Yeah, And I feel like with, like you said, kind of like the range of uh you know, like income streams and stuff for bands these days, it would be kind of almost possible to make a career just out of the digital world. Like, I feel like there's a lot of artists that kind of do that. So I'm curious, is the physical something that you specifically want to grow as well? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It's way more fun for us. Like even playing like live streams is like, I've grown into it more, but I was definitely like, I hate the, like, we don't get the like energy of, and it's hard to tell it's hard to tell how things are, how songs are being received. Like it's easy to know what the crowd favorite is when everyone's like singing along, but we could go out and be like, Oh, Sunday fun days on the most Spotify playlist. And we could play it and people would be like this. Sucks. Yeah. We don't <laughs> know. God, we don't know. So we don't even know how to perform. Out. We only know how to perform. You won't lie. Really? <laughs> I mean, we, we even that's the weird thing is like all these songs kind of came about in the pandemic when we were kind of piecing pieces together a bit, but we never really like performed any of them. So we don't, I don't even know, even FOMO and lovely and like the stuff that we released during the pandemic before the EP, 
It's like, we don't even know what those could feel like live or what they would be like. So yeah. And the problem is we have, I mean, these songs from the, I keep pointing to the vinyl that you can't see, but it's <laughs> next to us. Um, like that was all written last like June. So we've still been writing since then. So we have like a hundred more songs. And we wrote before then too. Right. I mean, we wrote an entire album and we worked on starting it to record it and started to record it and stuff like that. And then pandemic happened, we bailed on it and uh, just did the EP for fun. And then it just ended up being an EP. So maybe our first show back will be like two hours long. Two, yeah. <laughs> two hours of like a million things. Cause now we're just like, I mean, we write constantly all the time. We have new ideas all the time. And, I don't know what the future looks like in, in the sense of that, because my dream is that we can just release music all the time because I just love putting music out, you know, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And you've mentioned a couple of times, kind of like the process of, you know, being quarantined at your parents' attic. Um, and I feel like that kind of that setting and also like you just mentioned the like specific, you know, frame of time that, you know, you wrote and recorded this in probably makes it like kind of, its own you know different thing can you talk a little bit about that like that process and how you know how the setting affected it it feels like a like time capsule kind of in the sense that like i i if i like and was like 76 years old and i was like i don't remember the pandemic what's happening and then i picked up the record and listened to it i might get like a rush of like this Vietnam specific, yeah this like triggering <laughs> memories because there's some stuff that's like we definitely the cool thing, because this isn't how we work, like we're getting ready to maybe do an album uh, and- Or two. Yeah, and <laughs> don't tell anyone. And um, like some of those songs have been in the canon for like a year and a half or two years now. Everything that's on Jockeys was like started and ended in the pandemic. Like we didn't, there was nothing was like carried over from- no, I mean, it was all those songs. A lot of them were like, a, you know, a day. It's yeah. like, a day, sorry, there's like, you know, New York police all around. <laughs> um, there, uh, a lot of those were just like a, a day of us being like, me being like, oh, I was, you know, it was like three in the morning. I recorded this idea in the attic and Jordan would be like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to write lyrics to it. And he'd come over the next day and that would be a song. And, you know, like, or like the other way around or something like that. Or a lot of the stuff was just like us jamming on ideas. And then we recorded them and we recorded a bunch of songs and then we put together the ones that felt right. But I think that we learned from that experience that that is some of the ways that we work best versus being like so hyper prepared for something. And I even think when we're going into the album, like we're starting to think about like, okay, maybe we're just jamming on these songs, but not really seeing them out to completion before we go in there. Because I think one of our crutches is not necessarily like big studios, but one of our crutches is like being too prepared because then we create these expectations for ourselves when I've learned that our best way of working is being drunk and doing it ourselves, like in the spur of the moment, it right. just feels the most authentic. I think that's like a really cool lesson to learn, you know, a good, you know, silver lining to all of this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And no one cares about things as intensely as we do. So yeah. like, <laughs> we don't have to like break our backs over it. Even notice the different, small differences. Right. One of the articles I wrote was kind of like talking about 
you know, how at the start of the pandemic, you were one of your few friends that were kind of like able to be, you know, at home collecting unemployment and just having that time to write music. And there was kind of like a negative stigma attached to that in some way. And I'm curious, like how you kind of turned that negativity around and, you know, allowed it to light a fire under your ass. That, that was like definitely a thing that was happening when we were in Massachusetts. I feel like now that we're in New York, it's like everyone I know in New York is kind of unemployed and like, figuring out at least everyone that we were friends with that was involved yeah or has like gotten like a a side hustle or something but i don't know i mean do you yeah i feel like i mean challenger one of the songs on the ep is like about this really where it's kind of like you know we're talking about the idea that like obviously the unemployment stuff was incredible but the idea that you know people getting paid for their art is so absurd is like was kind of ridiculous to us it's like obviously we're very lucky that we got on unemployment and stuff like that but you know it just gave us the avenue to be able to focus on our art which is essentially our career or our future career or starting to grow into our career and so i mean i think we're really thankful for that but i think the whole point is it's like you know we weren't necessarily mooching off unemployment we were just kind of taking the opportunity to do what we do as a career, but without being like, oh, I have a job that I have to be doing every day. So I have to focus on that. And then, you know, pick a specific a time that I can focus on music. Yeah. So it just kind of opened this idea that like, arts should be way more funded than they are. And they're not. And I mean, it's it, a lot of the people that I've experienced like that, that I know that have been on unemployment are still living paycheck to paycheck and we oh, are yeah, still living still doing, not, paycheck not to paycheck. No, <laughs> it's a nightmare. But at the same time, I have, we have the freedom to be able to be like, we're living paycheck to paycheck, but we're doing what we love to do and we're making what we love to make. And eventually that'll blossom into something that we're, we're hopefully making money. You right. know, it just crystallized the like idea of like, Oh, this is like, even if it's not there right now, like it's clear now that like we want to be just doing music in whatever capacity. Yeah. And it was just like weird to hear someone argue against that doing what you want. <laughs> like, I feel like, well, wouldn't you choose to do like what you want to do in life? You know, I get it. It's like we're so engrossed in the like capitalist hustle that it's like you kind of it makes sense to you, you get tricked and you lose sight of what you have to do. Yeah. I was, I was talking to a band dad sports that's in uh, Canada. They're friends of ours. And they were talking about how in Canada, it's like, Oh, if you're an artist, you can get like a $10,000 grant just for being an artist in Canada. And I was like, that's so amazing. That's like, right. that's incredible. Like I wish that kind of reality existed in the United States, but. And it sucks that we still hear that and are like shell shocked by it when it's like, art should you should be able to do especially if you're like i'm not saying like every schmo should get like ten thousand dollars but like if you if you have a way to prove that there's merit like you're enriching the culture so you should get something not that we enrich anyone's culture but like no not at all but there are a lot of like art makers that i'd be like you should get you should absolutely get money yeah yeah, I, I think that kind of like that pull quote that was like, you know, why shouldn't people be able to be paid for doing something that they enjoy and something that they're good at? Like, I feel like that kind of like really hit it home for me in a way that like, obviously I'm a supporter of the arts and stuff, but I never really like fully thought about it that way either. So it made a lot of sense. <laughs> Especially if it's something that people want, you know, like, 
yeah i guess i guess they probably fund like motion picture lane though yeah they definitely do that but i mean fun music people fun music but But they fund ariana grande yeah yeah i get it but you know at the same time it's like we're building our career and we're lucky enough to be able to you know it's not like there was an insane amount of money jordan and i were on the literal bare minimum that you could possibly get for unemployment because we were both nannies before that so uh I don't know. It was it was just it was just kind of a moment of freedom that we had to be able to focus on music while everyone else was at home, too. So, you know, we just took that opportunity instead of like sitting on our asses at home. We were kind of sitting in the attic. Right. And we're hopefully we're hoping that come September when that program ends, that we won't have to immediately hop back into being nannies and that we've garnered enough like knowledge to be like no we've we know how to be producers now so we'll just have clients and maybe toledo can go be playing shows and making a money per show or something so that's the hope yeah (laughs) yeah and one of the things that like really stands out to me about the band is that i feel like each release has been kind of like a little bit more expansive and like done a little bit better job at kind of like building that soundscape and I'm curious kind of like what your process is for fleshing out the sounds that you use. That's a good question. I mean, it's really like, it's pretty bad, the process. Uh, it's kind of something that we rely on and we're trying to learn to be better, but at the same time, not too good. I don't know. It's a very complicated thing, but a lot of our process just comes from setting setting things up and making sure things feel good for us versus caring about how things sound. Uh, and that's a lot of the process that we went through for jockeys was we just kind of had a setup in the attic and it was, it was like a mess. It's technically bad. It's technically bad. We did a horrible job recording it. And, uh, but sometimes that character kind of pulls through and I feel like that's like the third member of Toledo is like the idea behind this immature way of recording. And now you're sitting in our control room and we have like a nice little studio set up and we're able to record some demos here for ourselves and record, you know, some people who come in and things like that very rarely. But uh, yeah, that process was just kind of about, I don't know, a lot of it was us just jamming. And I think we've learned that recently too. It's like when, when we're jamming and I'm playing drums and Jordan's playing guitar or vice versa, not vice versa, yeah, but, I'll play drums. Yeah, but <laughs> or something like that, it's, the songs become more uh you know the dream or the idea become like is is very visual and it's very easy for us to see where the song could go and then it's all about like putting up shitty mics in a room and then making it sound semi-okay and I think that's a lot of the stuff that we did was just like playing around with that but I think a lot of the things we're leaning into when we did older stuff was like we were getting so complex and being like, you know, like for like three seconds, we have one mic on this thing for like a three second part. And I think this time something that we wanted to capture and that we did without even thinking about it was nuances of the room and the performance. And I think that was, that's something that we'd love doing. And I, I feel really good about is that uh, what I want people to feel when they listen to Toledo's, I want them to feel like they're there listening to it being performed and recorded live. And I think that's a big part of like some of the bands that we really love, like, you know, a lot of indie artists and Howdy and Jason and people like that, where it's like, you really feel like you're there with them. And I think we want to expand on that as much as with Toledo. So that was the idea behind the recording was like, you know, it can be immature. We want people to feel like they could have recorded it in their bedroom studio too, you know, 
I love having people have that capability and that idea that like the sounds we're coming up with and the ideas that we're doing are not really that complicated. It's just about putting the emotion forward. Right. It's kind of, we like like Alexi and stuff and he's, we also, in terms of expansion are, I think, I, th- I think post the first CP hot stuff into jockeys, we kind of like let go of the like indie pop genre walls and let play it around with some folk stuff and some Dan has some like jazz training. So we try to like put some sections that are a little like musical moving forward. We're trying to less and less like worry about the cons- genre and clearly like people, I think we, that's another thing where I think like, maybe we care about it maybe our managers care about it but like i don't think people need us to like fit into a specific genre yeah my goal is that every album everything sounds different and everything my goal honestly is that like people can hear the evolution of toledo from the first recordings to the last that they can hear the the growth of the band and the growth of the ideas and I mean, the thing is like the Toledo sound is something that we haven't even figured out, like that we're still figuring out. And I hope we never figure it out because I think that's my favorite part about it is that like the album that we're working on and the stuff that we're working on now, like could sound completely different than the other stuff, but it could still feel like Toledo because that core is there. So that's something about the expansiveness. I guess you're hitting it on the nose with what we're trying to do, which is like we're trying to expand on this idea and open it up so that people still feel like they're listening to Jordan and Dan, but they don't necessarily feel like they're listening to indie pop or indie folk or the, or we're subverting expectations a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think that's like a really exciting kind of journey to be on and, you know, to embrace. That's funny. You mentioning about like wanting to get the field, the attic reminded me of uh, when I was talking to Barty Strange about his album, he like says that when he hears it, he gets like transported back to the cabin he recorded it in. And it's like, I love hearing that. <laughs> we have some songs like that. I don't know if I get transported back to the attic. I get transported back to my parents' house, but I get transported back to my parents' house when I think about like food and stuff. <laughs> yeah. nice. and, I mean, I think one of the things we've kind of been like circling around this whole conversation is the fact that this kind of feels more like an album than like just an EP. Um, and can you talk a little bit more about just kind of like that cohesion? Was that something intentional? definitely not no not at all we've we've like even even with the hot stuff epa there's more cohesion like in the sense of like the order of songs and stuff like and this is is the reason this is cohesive is because it was all wrapped pretty much in the span of two months and like in one location yeah and that's what made it I mean, that's like the favorite albums and EPs that I listen to are that where it's like, you know, even hot stuff had cohesion more with like genre styles, but but it was recorded like scattered scattered all around and you can hear that throughout the recordings. But this one, I feel like you can really hear the room and you can really hear the vibe of that. And I think that we're trying to play with that in the future and, you know, where it's like you know, one song might be just an acoustic guitar song and one song might be like a full rock thing with electronic elements, probably not. But, uh, you know, like, I think that we've learned that you can play with a million different ideas within one album or EP or project and it still feels like it's part of one vision. I mean, with the album that we started recording like over a year and a half ago, 
we had like a whole, like, we made like notes about vision and like storyline and like where things are going and like what songs connect to each other. And that's a big thing that we care about. And with the CP, we didn't do that because we were letting people do that themselves. And I think that's something that's we're learning to do is like bridge the gap between those two. It's like, you know, we can get in our heads about being like this grizzly bear fleet foxes mentality, uh, Sufjan thing of like, you know, everything is perfectly connected. You know, like Fiona Apple's new album, which one best new alternative album. Uh, it's like super interconnected, but we're playing with, I don't know, it's going to be nice to bridge that gap because I like letting fans and friends interpret it themselves. And people have come to us and said songs are about completely different things than they really are. <laughs> Another thing I've seen you talk about recently is kind of like the fact that you got into vinyl over the pandemic as kind of a way to reconnect to music and kind of distance yourself from the, the playlist uh, culture a little bit. Um, I'm a huge vinyl nerd as well. I'd, I'd love to hear just like kind of more about what it is about the format that you enjoy. I think it's, I'm happy that we, we've gotten into it. I mean, truthfully, it was, it might as well have been like knitting. Like it was more just like a like boredom. I needed some, like something to start doing. So we got a record player and it's fun to like go to the record store and get stuff. But I'm glad that we're in that like, new hobby while we're getting ready to work on an album because it's like I won't I will never put an album on and listen to one song and then take it off and put a new like well I just like listen to the whole thing through and like even if I'm not like being like okay what are they doing like I'm sure subconsciously it's planted what what helps like with the through line and stuff and it's just like bringing that specific attention back to music instead of it being I only listen to music to compare ourselves to other bands, like, you know, making it fun again and, and like being excited to like discover a new band and stuff. It just because, because we do music so much all the time, like there is a world where we get sick of it or get, it gets stale or something. So any way that is fun for us is like, right. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I'm different than you in the sense that I have, I almost have trouble sometimes listening to music because I get, I get really inspired and I love music more than anything in the world. And something that happens to me is I'll listen to something that I like of a new band or whatever. And I'll be like, how do I do that? How do I figure out how to do that? So sometimes I like to distance myself from it or listen to something that's so out of the box that I would never try to recreate that I'm able to connect to, but recently i've been trying to open up to you know i know you've been opening up to like a shoegaze world and it's it's cool because we're able to like listen to new genres that we've never really listened to and delve into new genres that we've never listened to and see what we can pull from them and maybe we don't pull anything from them but we just recognize them as pieces of art and get inspired by this idea of a piece of art yeah, now you're gonna be thinking about okay, where where's side A gonna end on the album? Where's side B gonna start? I haven't even <laughs> thought about that. So. <laughs> and then another thing that like stands out to me about the band is I feel like your music videos are not quite simple, but they're kind of like centered around simple ideas that are kind of very fitting for the music and the vibes that it gives off. Um, what's your like process typically like for those? Well, we really love music videos. Right. I love doing music videos because it allows us to, and I love doing like art stuff for Toledo and I'm lucky to have my girlfriend be doing art stuff for Toledo too. And we love like 
all different mediums of art. And so it's kind of fun to be able to interpret it in that way. And like for the Sunday Funday video, this something that we did was just kind of like we played with this idea and then we love doing things in house and doing them ourselves. Like, and some of those simple ideas, we just feel like they're, that feels like the right format. It feels like the right way for people to interpret the song visually and for people to have like a, like give it off, give off like a fun energy, even though some of these songs are like super depressing. And I think that's something that we want ultimately to do with the connection between a music between a song and a music video is we want to give off like okay these are really sad lyrics how can we poke fun at it or make light of the situation by giving it a visual medium that is able to give you the idea of what the song's about without putting it in this like gloomy grim timeline and i think that's why we love doing music videos ourselves or you know having friends do it or having people interpret it themselves we have people working on videos for you won't and dog has to stay right now that are kind of doing their own interpretations but it's really cool because we've talked with them a lot and they've we've known them for years and years they've been friends of ours and it's they're it's easy to have those people work on it because they've known us for so long so they're able to use that journey versus us reaching out to some hyper professional video company and being like we have this idea go do it i think if i think in a perfect world which maybe the world would be perfect in a few years for us perfect I don't know. like we i think we would like to be like directing the music videos yes absolutely like they're like you know this this is the perfect world like fleet foxes i think of like their videos are obviously like probably i don't know like thirty thousand dollars huge budgets like been really really cool and then you scroll down it's like directed by robin pecknold and his brother and i'm like that's so cool yeah it's awesome yeah. So we hope to be able to have that kind of ability because we just another thing too, where it's like, we, like Dan said, like are interested in other like mediums of art besides just music. And it's a, another thing where it's like, I think when we made the Sunday funny music video, we were kind of relishing in the like chance to do something artistic that was. It's something we love doing and exploring because it just gives us more opportunities to like communicate our art to people and like just let people know what Toledo is all about and I love I think we love having our hands all over the pile and like I think that's why we you know record everything ourselves and play all the instruments ourselves and stuff it's because it's just like something that we know really well and like a connection that we have and that we cherish and are able to capitalize on really well and I think we you know going forward and being able to do that with other forms of art connected to the songs i think would feel really good because it just gives people a better picture of what who we are and who we want and the relationship we want them to have with us sure yeah and you've mentioned sunday funday a couple of times and that seems to be one that you know people have really connected with um kind of dealing with alcoholism i'm curious how if you could tell me a little bit about how that one came together and kind of like balancing that for the music video as well yeah i mean the music video had multiple drafts for sure <laughs> but uh uh i mean that song kind of came about as like you know if at first i was thinking oh we're gonna write this thing that's gonna be really sad and like really intense but then i was like how do we put like an optimistic and loving spin on a really dark and intense thing that people deal with all the time and i kind of we wanted to purpose it as like a, a love song essentially like encapsulated in, in within like this scary idea of alcoholism so that song is just kind of like about 
connecting with someone and feeling like you want to reach out, even though you might not have the right experience to be able to reach out, but still wanting to be able to connect with them and say that things are okay without necessarily having to say that everything's okay. And I feel like alcoholism in that song plays like a really minor role because that song really, I want, I, we want it to be just kind of like how to talk to someone and how to communicate with other people and talk about some of these heavy things without it feeling like therapy or an interrogation or things like that. And, and I feel like a lot of Toledo songs have to do with community. So just like is a big general theme of like, cause Dan and I can relate to, and I probably a lot of people like struggle with community. Um, but like, I know personally we are somewhat quiet, like reserved people. And as men, like talking about emotional. So songs like, like not off the old EP, even dog has a stay and stuff are all kind of about like pushing through the, like, uh, this is going to be hard to talk about, but I probably should. Cause it's from yeah, I think that idea is around like, you know, there's this whole like toxic idea of masculinity in the United States around like what masculinity needs to look like and things like that. And, you know, like refraining from sharing emotions and, I think art is the perfect practice to be able to bridge that and, and be able to let out a lot of emotional things that, that people are carrying um, while they might still feel reserved or that they don't have a voice in the public to be able to talk about those things. And I think that- It's probably why we get in or something. Yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah. the whole purpose of art, I feel like it's just kind of like being able to understand emotions in a different way and in a different light without them being just verbalized and like spoken to you. And I think guitar parts can do that, drum parts can do that. And obviously vocals and lyrics and melodies. And I think that with the video, with the Sunday video, we wanted to just kind of like make it feel a little bit lighter so that you have this character of James Nation who that name was uh, the name of our old duo, one of our old, of our old bands. And we just kind of had this idea of like coaxing this person who's dealing with all these things through it and saying that, you know, even though it might be controversial, but like saying that like the savior of this, of this ailment with alcoholism and consumption could be art. Like that art could, could have a healing factor towards uh, like, some sort of help and you know like music therapy and art therapy and things like that were things that I took classes on in school and it's really cool to think about how art can help people deal with like these emotional things and I think that's the idea around Sunday Funday versus it just kind of being like oh I'm dealing with my girlfriend's family's alcohol thing or whatever it's 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 much more than that and I think that's what we want to continue doing feel like every song with Toledo like you said it's like it's all a conversation every single one that we're having with other people there but are literally like four songs I can think of off the top of my head that the opening line is like says can we talk, talk or yeah things can like that can we talk wish I had something to tell you yeah I'm sorry wow. that I don't know how to talk yeah <laughs> like, there's a lot yeah. there's a lot of things that are literally like uh and it's it's kind of funny too it's kind of like like in the watching a, a crime movie or a, like reading a book where it's like they tell you who dies at the start and then you get the whole story so it's like we're telling you these words are not going to fully encapsulate how i feel but i'm gonna but here's the song anyway got it right mm -hmm. yeah gotcha <laughs> uh, and i feel like that's a really good segue into what is always my final question which is um just asking for 
piece of advice or something you've been thinking about lately, whether it's music specifically or life in general, um, whatever you kind of have on your mind. It's tough one. I'm like, I just told you, I, we don't think about it. We don't talk about it. We don't express your music. We will sing it to you. Uh, I'm like, this, <laughs> try this chord. <laughs> I think one of the things that I've been learning and working on recently is trying to um, uh, be as simple as I can and trying to write out a story first and, and learn a, and, and figure out a story before I start writing the music. Cause some of the things that I've always dealt with is like, I'll write a song and, and then I'll like write a melody and then I'll be like, I don't know what the fuck this is going to be about. Jordan, can you please write lyrics to this? And you know, that's something that happens or vice versa. But I think I'm trying to learn how to, how to portray a story in a more simple format and then be able to talk about complex ideas without it feeling like it's too heady. So I guess my piece of advice is that sometimes the most important thing isn't like what melody is going to be coolest or what chord is going to be coolest. It's about like what emotional journey you're going on when you're writing the song and what emotional journey you're trying to convey to people. Was was the advice supposed to be about music? The advice? Uh, I don't know. That was my advice. I don't think about anything else. I was going to say like <laughs> journaling. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I mean, I guess it's kind of what I'm saying. Similar. You know? I was going to say like to, for me now going on like over a year of horrible life is just like and just like with our own like everyone's mental health journey and something that's really helped me has been just taking time and space mentally and sometimes check in with yourself whether it's through journaling or through walking wa like walking, walking is a big one walking alone or like just taking time to be like taking stock of where you are that day and like that's the only way that I can keep my head straight is just check-ins like that so that's my advice and a new piece that I've been working on is like doing um when we're working in the studio and stuff I do this thing where I like completely I don't I don't even have my phone I don't even know where my phone is right now but like I don't even have my phone on me so that I'm not even thinking about like opening up reddit or instagram or something like that and I think that is something that I've learned is really fulfilling and like trying to let go of. So I'm in front of, if I'm not in front of my phone, I'm in front of a computer with like logic or pro tools or something like that. So being able to just connect to one piece of technology and feel like I'm doing something different in that than it being a social thing feels really good. And I think the pandemic opens that up because you don't have this like essentially expectation to hang out with people <laughs> as much so you know there's not people texting you to hang out which you know doesn't necessarily happen in a non-pandemic either i guess but um sounds like a you <laughs> yeah sounds like a me issue <laughs> but i think that just letting go of that uh necessity and feeling like i'm connecting more with like the surroundings and like the space that i have in my guitars and my drums and is there anything else that we haven't hit on that you've been like really wanting to get out about the EP? We're ex our, our heads now are in onto the next. We're on that. We're on the next one now. We're, <laughs> we're hoping on to that, start but... this summer, probably. Yeah, we're hoping to start the album this summer. I mean, we've had big like plans. We have big plans going, so we've we've been kind of like, I don't know. We've been doing interviews and things like that, and we love doing it, and we love talking about it. And I feel like even when we do these, we learn like a million new things about the EP that we never really thought about. <laughs> uh, like even when I was just talking about Sunday Fun, I was like, that is what it's about. You know, it's like, eh. and that's something that's really fun. And I think that 
I almost wish we could do these kind of things like before we even release or record an album when we talk about the album beforehand and yeah, then, we, and then it would help us kind of connect to it a little bit more. So I think that's really cool. So thank you. So thank you. Yeah, you're bringing it all out of us now. And there we go. Another great one in the books. Jockeys of Love is a real interesting release deserving of your attention. And I can't wait to see where Toledo go next. They're going to be a fun band to watch grow. Check back next week for this month's episode with a fellow podcast host. This time I'm talking to someone who's all that and more, Jesse Cannon. If you don't know yet, you should be very excited to start to get to know him. Find the Call is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. A special thank you as always to the alternative for helping to promote the show, Kevin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jean for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyingTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyingTheCallPod at gmail.com. You're awesome, and you're killing it. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on the corner of Gray Street.